Hello, I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley, and I'm her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Heidi and I want to welcome you to Open to Hope Conversations, the podcast. We believe that the greatest gift you can give yourself after a loss is hope, using this moment to connect with others who have not only survived, but thrived. So let's get started. Welcome to the Open to Hope show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my daughter and co-host. Dr. Heidi Horsley. Well, Heidi, uh, we have a really interesting guest today because she's a philosopher and uh, very, very interesting. We've interviewed Catherine before, and you can uh, learn more about her by visiting us at Open to Hope and going to Catherine Stengel in the podcast. But Heidi, why don't you start out by introducing her because we're gonna talk about putting death into perspective because nobody can do that like a philosopher and a different way of thinking. So Heidi, would you like to introduce her? Sure, Mo. And I agree with you. I think philosophers do a great job of talking about grief and loss because they're very existential and they look at the existential issues surrounding, you know, surround us when we do have a loss. And today speaking with us about this is Dr. Catherine Stangle. She was widowed at just 33 years old. She is the president of Upper West Side Philosophers and the short film, November Rose, The Tides of Loss, Life and Love is based on her award-winning book, November Rose, A Speech on Death. Welcome to the show, Catherine. Thank you. It's great to be back with such amazing women it's been how many years since your husband passed away 2001 all right well for our audience talk about about the basis of your book yeah i mean as you said i'm a philosopher and i had been a philosopher for 15 years when my first husband died and it was a kind of a crossroads in my career too because i thought here I've been a philosopher, we talk about the existential human conditions, and that's all we think about, about uh, the fabric of life, basically, and what it means to be human. And that what I experienced is so profoundly human, but I couldn't find any philosopher who had really written about it. Mm -hmm. so now you will say like, what? They didn't write about death? They did. They did write about the... The, the fact that we all live with the awareness of our own death. Mm -hmm. But what I experienced was that the face of death showed itself in the midst of my life and that it completely shattered my whole identity. And I think I share that with many, many, or everyone here who is watching in this podcast. Mm -hmm. So how did it shatter? What, what does it mean that it shattered your perception? How? Well, I think it shattered my identity in a way that once uh, death hits close to home, you realize it's almost like a thread in a fabric that you never saw. Mm -hmm. And then your eyes open up or your experience, you know, makes you see things in a different way. And all of a sudden you see this whole fabric in a different way, the fabric of life. And you so also see that this thread connects to many other threads in your life. So you can't just keep it as it was before, you have to completely change perspective. And as a young widow, uh, death really came home. I mean, it totally is unexpected. This shouldn't happen for uh, people of that age. Yes, it, 
I, I agree. It shouldn't happen, and it still does. Heidi and I talk about the fact uh, that how you carry trauma and that kind of thing in your cells. I don't think people realize they think it's a totally intellectual experience, but you found that it's not, right? Exactly. That's one of the biggest um, subject in my book. Uh, the, you know, the, the thing, I, I, the aspect of grief that I speak a lot about is how cellular it is and how you need to heal the body as much as you have to heal the mind and the soul. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so the body plays an important part in this uh, recovery and healing. I wondered what, what, what did you do for yourself after your husband died? I did get acupuncture treatments. I was very adamant about that, even though I had very limited amount of time available. I, was, I taught a philosophy. I had two small children. I lived in a foreign country. But I made a point to get every other week get an acupuncture treatment so that my body could heal. And I, of course, went for long walks. I think nature is, is our best friend. And that brings us also to the movie where we see a lot of images from nature because nature doesn't say the wrong thing and doesn't do the wrong thing, right? Oh, I like that. Yeah, I do like that. You know, I, what, I, what comes up for me when you're talking is, you can't think your way out of grief. That's, I couldn't say it more beautifully, Gloria. You, that's exactly what it is. You can't think your way out of grief. Nevertheless, it helped me, or that's why I wrote the book because I thought, okay, but I am a thinker and I am a writer and I touch people with words. Uh -huh. And it's about the touch. Here comes, that's where the body comes in for me, the touch of words. So I wanted to write, or it was my, almost my duty as a philosopher to write about my experience in such a way that I could touch others and maybe express what so many of us feel and cannot express because they are not thinkers by profession. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Now tell us about how you moved from writing this wonderful book to making a movie. Ah, that's a, it's a long, it's a, it's a miraculous story. In 2011, I saw Thomas Riedelsheimer's film, Rivers and Tides, and it was the most beautiful film I'd ever seen. And the way the poet he is, he is such a poet in using images and sound that I was just blown away. Uh -huh. And I wrote him an email and I said, I just saw your film and I, want to be daring and ask you whether you could imagine to do something with November Rose, because I could only imagine that he, I, I thought he was the only one who could really bring the invisible quality, this, this touch of the words, could bring that on the screen and actually transform it into images and sound. Uh -huh. I thought he would be the only one. And he wrote back and said, kindly and very friendly. And he said, I just finished a film on death and I just can't do another one. That was in 2011. In 2021, and this is where the mistake comes in. 2021, I wanted to print out that email that he had written to me, this kind email by Thomas Riedelsheimer. And I pressed the send button. I sent him exactly the same email that I sent him 10 years ago. I was mortified and like, what am I gonna do? So I had no choice, but like, well, we have bigger problems than my 
email. So I'm just sending him another email saying, I'm so sorry, big mistake, ignore this email. That was February 22nd on the 20th anniversary of the death of my first husband. Oh um, my gosh. Very close to it. He died on the 25th. Couldn't believe it. He wrote back the same day. He said, well, sometimes mistakes are supposed to happen. Oh. And I wonder if someone did something. I remember your book. I love it. Did someone do something with this book? And I was daring again. I said, no, because I waited for you. Oh, that is a beautiful story. And what came up for me was when you were talking about it, when we were saying you can't think your way out of grief, what you are using and what he's using are images and sound. And sound is so profound, thinking of the sound, you know, cellularly and looking at images. And we don't have to do that thinking our way out. I like that. We hope to touch with sound, image, and words, others, and bring them consolation and almost like giving them a big hug. Talk a little bit about what you want people to most get from this as far as their healing goes. What I want them to get is that they're not alone. We're profoundly alone in grief because only we love this person the way we loved this person. But we're not alone. We're all one in love. I hope people find that love in the film. I love that. Now tell people where they can get the film, where they can find you. Yes, we're Upper West Side Philosophers Inc. A publishing house as well. And we try to bring philosophy to people of all walks of life. So um, I think probably everything is on our website. We have amazing authors. We, we try to make philosophical thinking our work as thinkers and philosophers available to people of all walks of life and um, this is uh, westsidephilosophers.com to watch the movie it's free you can share it it's absolutely gorgeous thomas riedelsheimer is an an amazing filmmaker and i hope i hope it will reach many people and that you're going to watch it and share it uh, well, thank you. And thank you for all the wonderful work you've done. And wow, I'm thinking of you as a young philosopher having a husband pass away. Who ever knew that it would come to your book and now a film and all the wonderful work that you've done to help people in the world of grief and loss. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks, Catherine. And thanks for all you've done to bring hope to the world. Thanks to you, because your work is absolutely essential, and I really admire it. Thank you. Thank you. And thanks, everybody, for joining us on the show today. And please visit us at opentohope.com. And Heidi and I, I always want to remind you that if you've lost hope, please lean on ours until you find your own, and God bless. I'm Dr. Heidi Horsley. You have been listening to Open to Hope, the podcast. You can follow Open to Hope on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. To learn more, visit us at opentohope.com and go to Apple Podcasts to subscribe. I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley. Join us again next week for another Open to Hope conversation, where we invite you to lean on our hope until you find your own.